Good morning, everyone. Um, thank you for having me. It was so fun getting to share the space a little bit. As yeah, last time I shared here, you guys were meeting in Chums, and like I mentioned in the video, we were still meeting in a nightclub, which meant Sunday mornings for me. Part of our deal with this nightclub downtown was we had to clean the nightclub after the weekends. So normally my Sunday mornings, I would be cleaning toilets in a nightclub right now. So this is a much better setting for me to be in. So thank you for having me. Um, I'm super excited to be able to share with you all today in your summer series um, a message that the Lord has really been stirring on my heart for quite some time now. And I want to give you a little bit of context before I dive in. So I mentioned in the video that I moved to Madison just about five years ago this August. Now, I had never been here, and I knew almost nothing about the city, but what I heard was that it was home to 80,000 college students. And statistically, it shows us that eight out of 10 students that are raised in the church will walk away from their faith when they step on to the university campuses. And this was something that I just couldn't sit with. And so that's what led me to Madison, is I wanted to see that change. And so I'm really passionate about young adults, about college students. And then after being here, like I said, I just fell in love with the city. And so we started the church. Um, but what ended up happening for me, moving here at a young age and stepping into all these things, and within two years starting a college ministry and planting a church, was I found myself at a super young age at this verge of burnout. In this place where I was just tired, I was exhausted, I started having to go and see a therapist because of anxiety, I was having panic attacks, it was affecting my health, and I got to this point where somebody asked me, and they said, Abby, when you get to heaven someday and you see Jesus face to face, who is he gonna be to you? And I wanna ask you this morning, Heartland, when you think about that glorious day when you meet Jesus face to face, is it going to be like the greatest reunion you've ever had in your entire life, or is it going to be like meeting a stranger? They say that divorce rates spike after kids move out of the house because most parents realize the only thing they had in common was their kids. And I realized super early into ministry that the only thing that I really had in common with the Lord was the things that I was doing for him that my relationship with him had taken such a back burner because I was so busy serving, I was so busy working, I was so busy just doing the next thing. And so I decided that that wasn't gonna be the way that I lived my life and that when I got to heaven someday, I wanted it to be like the greatest reunion of all time. Now I know you're probably like, why did they invite this girl? She talked about death and divorce within like the first five minutes. <laughs> it's gonna be more hopeful, I promise. But I wanted to share that with you today because I've been on this process of learning what does it look like for me to continue to fall more and more in love with Jesus every single day so that when we get to heaven, it's gonna be that greatest reunion. And my hope for you today is the same, is that today would just be another step in that process of you falling madly in love with Jesus, of you feeling how madly in love he is with you, of knowing your worth, of knowing your value, of knowing that you were created for relationship with him, and that the, our heavenly father, our creator, wanted that so much that he sent Jesus, Jesus left heaven to come to earth to be with you, that he endured the cross, was raised back to life, and then when he ascended into heaven, he left us his Holy Spirit. And that's who we get to experience today. And so we're gonna be diving in to Luke chapter 10 this morning, starting in verse 38. Now, um, I, love, 
I love when people take notes, so feel free. I don't know if you guys are note takers. Take notes, highlight this, because really my hope is that um, even throughout the week that you'll go back to this scripture and and you'll wrestle with this a little bit and you'll still continue to ask the Lord what else he has for you. Um, But I believe that the Lord's gonna speak to you through this passage, somehow through my words and my annoying voice, you're gonna hear the word of God. So we're gonna dive in today to Luke chapter 10. Verse 38 says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Let's pray again this morning. Heavenly Father, we just come before you today, and we ask that through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would speak through these words today. God, we know that it's not a mistake that, that each and every one of us are here in this room or watching online or hearing the sound of my voice, God, and I believe that you have something unique for each and every one of us, that you're going to speak to us in ways that only you do. So God, we just take a minute to pause. We take a minute in our own ways, and I invite you today to, in your own way, just ask the Lord to speak to you. God, even as I speak, I ask that you continue to reveal new things to me. And that everything we do today would it just draw us closer to you and your heart and becoming more and more like you. We love you, Jesus. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Now, the title of my message today is Daring to Sit at the Feet of Jesus. Now, I don't know if any of you had those friends growing up where you're always, I dare you, I double dog dare you, I triple dog dare you. Somehow, I was always the one that was like, yeah, I'll do it. Take, take me, I'll do it. But a lot of times it was because I kind of like the excitement of it. I like the risk. And I love it when I was like kind of, you know, looking up definitions as pastors do of words uh, like daring. One of my favorites was it said a little nervy. (laughs) The definition of daring is just a little nervy. And I love that because what we see in this passage is that at first you look at it and maybe you've heard this before, maybe you haven't, but I hope that something new stands out to you as it did to me as I'm reading this. Because what we have here is we have these two sisters who knew Jesus. It's clear that they knew him, that they were his friends, and it says that Martha was the one that invited him into their home. Now, a lot of times when this passage is taught, uh, Martha kind of just gets like the bad end of the stick. Like everyone's like, oh, Martha, the worst. She's the worst. We all gotta be like Mary, Martha's the worst. And, And I always get like kind of offended for her because I feel like I relate to Martha more than I do Mary. Like, I'm like, I don't want to just sit. Like, I want to go. I want to do. Like, I, I want to serve. I want to I be out there. And so people are always bashing on Martha. So we're just going gonna to lift her up for just a minute here today, and then we'll start bashing her. Um, but starting here, Martha is the one that took the initial risk and was initially the one who was daring to invite Jesus in. And, and I say this because at this time, when this story takes place, 
People weren't a fan of Jesus at this time. It's getting close when they're going to arrest him and that he's going to be crucified. And so this was a risky thing. So by doing this, Martha was putting her life at risk, her reputation at risk to come and to serve Jesus, who she knew was her king at that time. And so um, what I think is good for us to see here is that it started out as both sisters being bold, both sisters being daring by welcoming him in. And it's not a bad thing that she was ready to serve him. But my first point today is going to be daring to choose Jesus. And I I want to talk about this because I think that for a lot of us, when I talk about what it's going to be like when you meet Jesus and, and what it's going to be like when you have this great reunion, and when we talk about intimacy with Jesus, sometimes we think it's just going to happen overnight. Sometimes we think that you're going to hear a message like this and you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're like, this is it. Like now you're my best friend, Jesus. But it always takes practice. Like any friendship, any relationship, it takes a while to get to know people. It takes a while to get to know the foods they eat, what they don't eat, the allergies they have, right? The the places they're going to want to go. It takes a while to know that. And so What I want us to see today is how intentional we need to be and how active we need to be when pursuing relationship with Jesus, when pursuing that intimacy with Jesus. And hopefully that that gives you a little bit of peace if you're here and you're like, yeah, I don't really know. Like, it's hard for me to read my Bible or it's hard for me to pray or it's hard for me to to even sit here and, and hear from him and feel like I'm experiencing God. I want you to know that it takes practice, and the more that you do it, the more that you're going to continue to fall in love with him. And so we're going to talk today about daring to choose Jesus, daring to listen to Jesus, daring to slow down to be with him, and ultimately daring to trust him. So daring to choose Jesus. Like I mentioned with Martha, she was in that position where she put her life at risk, And she had this moment where she was choosing between luxury or legacy. And every single day for each and every one of us around here, we are faced with these decisions of are we choosing legacy or luxury? Because there's always going to be moments in our life where it can be a quick fix, where it can be something that can fulfill us. But then there's these moments where we are choosing to pour into something and invest in something that is going far beyond just our life. And we see that both sisters were willing to do this when they put their their life and their reputation at risk, is they were choosing the legacy. They were choosing to continue to put themselves in a position to be better disciples of Jesus so they could go make better disciples of Jesus and advance the kingdom today. But then we see that Mary, she steps it up a notch. And she, she was someone that she wasn't just there inviting him in and ready to serve, but we see that she does something super unique where she sits at his feet. She sits at his feet, listening to him. Now, there's a popular phrase that says, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Uh, It might not be as catchy, but one thing that I like to say is show me your planner and I'm going to show you your priorities. You see, a lot of times we have these moments where, again, we're like, God, why don't you speak to me? Why don't I hear your voice? Why do I look at that person and they feel like they're so much closer to you than I am? When are you planning time to be with Jesus? When are you planning time to, to open up the word of God to hear from him? Man, today you all did it. Congratulations, you made time to be with Jesus. Maybe you wrote it in your planner. Maybe you're just so used to it by now. But even being here today or watching online, do you realize that that took practice to get it to a point where you do this every Sunday? It probably just didn't happen overnight. 
But it's a rhythm that we get into. It's a pattern that we get into where we start to prioritize and say, I know that I need to be in church. I know that I need the encouragement of other people around me, so I'm going to show up. In the same way as when we start to open up our calendars and our planners and we start to look at where we're spending our time, it's going to give us a good list of our priorities. Now, obviously, right, we have jobs, and, and for many of you, you have families, and you have all these obligations and all these things that can come in the way. But we have to constantly, intentionally be in a place where we are prioritizing Jesus. And for me, even as a pastor, if you look at my schedule, you're going to see there's little times throughout the day where I'm like, I'll set an alarm on my phone at noon for, okay, just say a quick prayer, right? Like I might not be able to sit down and, you know, open my Bible for an hour, but it's like, here's little reminders. Here's little times where I can just be reminded to look up and to be intentional with Jesus, even if just for 30 seconds. It's not something that happens overnight, and I'm learning that through this process Another quote by Jim Rohn says that you're the average of the five people that you spend your most time with. And so then my question for you, is Jesus one of them? Is Jesus one of those people that you spend the most time with? Because as we're always in this process of becoming, if we want to be more like Jesus, we're going to have to spend significant time with him. And it gets kind of tricky for us because we have a lot of luxuries in the world that we live in today. I have the luxury of when I have a bad day picking up and calling one of my friends, calling a family member before calling on Jesus. I have the luxury when I'm concerned about something of going to Google and instead of going to the word of God, we have these luxuries that sometimes we don't even think about, that we are choosing over a legacy of intimacy with Jesus, over creating a history with Jesus. These are the things when we're talking about choosing to sit at the feet of Jesus and daring to sit at his feet and daring to choose that we need to think about in our lives is if we want to become like Jesus and we want to grow in our intimacy with him, we're going to have to intentionally make that choice to do that. The next thing we're going to talk about today is daring to listen. It says in verse 39 that she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now, how many know there's a little bit of a difference between just hearing what someone says and listening and paying attention? And I think this word is intentional here when it says that, that Mary was listening. It shows us that she was in the process of being discipled by Jesus. Now, I want to remind you today that each and every one of us was created in the image of God, that he has created us to go and to make disciples that we serve a God that, that he chose us to be a part of fulfilling his missions. So that means that you were created to do miracles, you were created to be powerful, you were created to do, continue to advance the kingdom and continue the message of Jesus. But in order for us to do that, we're gonna have to listen to what he has to say. I love where it talks about in the scriptures that we're ambassadors of Christ, an ambassador goes and represents someone to someone else. We are supposed to represent Christ to this world. And I don't know what your lives look like today, but I know that a lot of you are probably in, in, in different places, right? Maybe some of you are working in hospitals. Maybe some of you are teachers working in classrooms. Maybe you're in different corporations or businesses. Maybe you're in your home every day. Wherever you are, you have a unique call, a unique purpose that God wants to do, use you to do incredible things but it's gonna take us leaning in to listen. 
1 Kings 19, 11 through 12 says, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Came a gentle whisper. Now this passage is from the Old Testament and it's talking about a man, Elijah, who was going out and he was looking for the presence of the Lord and God came and he could have come in any way, but he came in the whisper. Oftentimes God speaks to us in the whisper, not because he can't scream, not because his voice isn't loud enough, but because he wants you to be close enough that you can hear the whisper that you can hear the whisper. Now, I don't know about you, but there's very few people that I wanna be that close to where I can hear and feel that whisper. I'm not a physical touch person. It's like even when I go up to like shake hands sometimes, it's like a pep talk. It's like, you got this, Abby, go, go for it. But he, that's how close he wants us. He wants us to be able to hear the whisper. How many times are we not hearing him? because the music is too loud, because we won't take our headphones out or our AirPods that hide underneath people's hair. So even when you're screaming at them, they can't hear you. And you don't know why. But, but he's in this position where, where God, he could do anything, right, to get our attention. But he wants to do more than just use us to do miraculous things, but he wants to do it with us. He wants to draw us closer to him in the process and, and so hopefully this is encouraging to some of you today. Maybe you're like, I don't know how to hear from God. I, I don't know if I've heard his voice. I don't know if I did. I would recognize it. Can I encourage you today to lean in close? To start even after you leave this room and, and maybe even in your car before you go home today to say, okay, when am I opening the word of God? Because as we read the word of God, we're gonna get to know his voice. We're gonna get to know his language. So then when you're out in the store somewhere and God's speaking something to you, it's not gonna be like a foreign language you've never heard, but you're like, gonna say, I know that's how my God speaks. I know that's the language that he uses to work in my life and to draw me closer to him and others closer to him. But it's a practice, it's a discipline, it's something that we have to choose to do each and every day. And it's something that draws us closer to him. I have three brothers and if you picked up the phone and called any one of them, I guarantee you wouldn't know which one because they all sound the same on the phone. But I know because I have relationship with them because I know the sound of their voice. That's how God wants it to be, that in, where there's a million other voices, and today we have that. We have a million other voices coming our way, telling us what to think, what to do, how to be, how to act. But we have to position ourselves and fight to hear his voice above it all. Next is daring to slow down. Daring to slow down down. Now, like I said earlier, at first when I read this passage, I look at Mary, I'm like, get, you're lazy, like get up. <laughs> what are you doing? Like there's work to be done. And I've been guilty of, of doing that to people in my life. I remember, this is kind of embarrassing, but probably a little classic story is when I was like 16, I went on a missions trip and I saw things that were like amazing, right? It was an amazing trip. But I came back and it was right around the 4th of July 
And I was like so intense of like, we have work to do to build the kingdom that at a firework like show with a bunch of friends, at 16, I yelled at all of them and I was like, what are we doing wasting money when there's souls to be saved? I wanted to keep going and working and like the Lord's worked in my heart. I've calmed down a, just a little bit <laughs> since then. But, but I've always had that, this tendency of like, come on, we gotta go. Um, but you, you look at Mary, and I'm like, that looks easy. Like, that's the easy part, is to just sit at the feet of Jesus. But I want to know today, raise your hand if you are like a napper, if you love naps. Does anyone, you're just like, right, maybe some of you are napping right now, and that's why your hand's not up. <laughs> but, but I look at napping, and I wish I could love it, but the reality is I can't do it. Like, napping is the hardest thing for me to do. I, for some reason in college, I felt like I could do it, but now it's like, I'll be, I'll be like, okay, I'm exhausted. Like, my body, like, literally can't stand up. I was like, I just need, like, a 30-minute nap. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. But instead, I'm, like, thinking about all the emails I need to respond to. Um, I think I wrote this message while I was trying to nap, and all these things are going on in my head. I cannot slow my brain down. So I've gotten in this spot where I'm like, I've got to figure out how to do this. I have how to slow my brain down. Because what happens is when you're napping, like you might not think about this, but you're putting a lot of trust in everything around you. Like you're trusting that nobody important is going to call you while you're just snoozing away. Like you're trusting that you're still going to wake up on time to do what you need to do. And we don't think about sometimes those moments where we're trying to silence everything and we're trying to rest. We're like, that's easy. Like just take a nap, you know? But, but it's not easy. It's hard to slow things down. And so um, I know that I'm going to tell you things that you're probably like, yeah, we know that. So I'm hopefully I'm kind of feeding in, if you haven't noticed, some some application as we go, right, of like looking at your planner, of, of things like that. But Dallas Willard says that hurry is the greatest enemy of our spiritual life today. Hurry is the greatest enemy of our spiritual life today. Have you ever thought about that? How many times are we not at church because we're too busy? How many times are we not spending with, time with Jesus because we have someone else that we need to see or something else that we need to do? I truly believe that this is true today, that the enemy is using anything and everything to just keep us moving, to keep us hurrying, so that we will be moving so fast, running so hard ahead, that, that we're gonna completely miss Jesus in the process. But we weren't created to just be people that do things for God, but he created us to do it with him. So in order for us to get in that spot, we're gonna need to choose and to be intentional, I hope you're hearing that, to choose to slow down. I shared with you earlier kind of the journey that I've been on, and of course there's a million more stories in between that of kind of hard things that happen, family situations that, that led to this place of me just saying, Jesus, like, I just want you. Um, so I decided then that after five years of full-time ministry, I was going to take a short sabbatical, and I just finished that. Uh, so I spent 40 days away, uh, and it was some of the most challenging 40 days of my life. I uh, deleted all my apps, like on my phone, social media, email, all of that, and then I was like so antsy, I downloaded Candy Crush again uh, for the first time in like five years. I was like already to level 300 in the first like two days. I was like, slow down, Abby, slow down. So then I had to delete that too. But it was this amazing experience for me to completely remove myself and say, Jesus, I just want to be with you. Before I am a pastor, before I am a leader, before I am all these things, I just wanna be with you. 
And you, you have your own titles, right? You have your own roles. But I want you to know today that more than anything, Jesus just wants you. Jesus is just after you. The first night um, of my, second week of my sabbatical, I spent a, way, a week away in this cabin in the woods and um, I turned off everything. So like I didn't even like text another human for days. And um, I would see a, the occasion, I think I saw three people on the trails I was hiking. It's a little scary, not gonna lie. Um, but the first night when I shut everything off, I just knelt in the middle of the room and I wept. I wept because when I was able to slow down enough, not only did I face Jesus, but I faced myself. I faced the things I was running from. I faced sin in my life. I faced the things that I was afraid of. See, way too often, we are way too consumed and we're moving way too fast that we don't slow down enough to face ourselves and then face Jesus so that he can come in and he can heal those things and he can redeem those things and he can restore those things in our lives. Mary, she had the courage to slow down and in doing that, trust that Jesus was gonna take care of it. There's another time in scripture that we see Jesus and Mary interact. And it's in the story of Lazarus, spoiler, being raised back to life. You see, in this story, Jesus gets word that Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus, was dying, that he's sick and he's dying. And so people are rushing into him and they're like, Jesus, you have to come right here, right now. You have to get here. And he didn't. He continued to do ministry. He continued to make his way there. And what happens is Lazarus dies. And in John eleven thirty two, 32, it says, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, I want you to feel the emotions of what's going on here. Right? It starts as, as Mary being in a place where, where she was unhurried, and she's like, I just want to bask in your presence, Lord. I just want to be with you. But then when she needs Jesus to work on her time and her schedule, all of a sudden she's like, no, be here, right here, right now. But Jesus slowed down. Jesus was unhurried. Why? Because he knew how the story ended. He knew that he was going to raise Lazarus back to life and that it was going to be a much greater miracle than what would have happened if he had come sooner. I want you to know today that when we slow down to choose Jesus, to listen to him, and we unhurry ourselves, it's gonna require a lot of trust. Trust that Jesus knows best. Trust that Jesus knows how the story's going to end. I love that Jesus welcomed this. He welcomed her again, falling at his feet. But notice here that Mary was faced with herself she didn't try and hide that she was frustrated from Jesus. And this shows me just how close they were. I think sometimes as Christians, we think, well, if we're going through hard things, we have to hide it, right? We have to, we have to be ready to sing and clap our hands and say, I thank God and be cheerful. But it's okay to, to sit there and be like, God, I'm thanking you, but I might not be feeling it in this moment, right? I'm thanking you and I'm praising you, but why weren't you here? Why aren't you here? Where are you? Mary had that intimacy with Jesus and she knew how much he loved her, that she knew that she could not be okay in that moment, that she could actually be frustrated with Jesus in that moment. But we see that Jesus himself slowed down. And that's my final point today is that we need to be daring to trust Jesus. 
We need to be daring to trust Jesus. I love that in verse 41, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. It will not be taken from her. See, this shows us that we serve a God who is, is not impressed so much with our performance or our perfection, but he's just after being present with us. Do you know that this morning, that more than anything, God just wants to be present with you? He wants you to have the courage to sit at his feet, to put the dishes down, right? To silence the cell phone for just a few moments so that you can be present with him. The average person spends at least five hours on their phone every single day. Imagine if you just took an hour of that down. And I challenge you, that's something I've been working on is I look at how much screen time, right? And I keep going down to say, okay, how, how low can I get it? But, but, but Jesus, he wants us to be with him and to do all of these things with him. Jesus loves it when you choose to sit at his feet. And more than anything, I want you to hear that today is that Jesus loves it when you choose to sit at his feet. He loves it when you choose to be present with him over going out and trying to perform and, and trying to do better and serve better. I want you to know today that you were created to overcome every single thing in your life that overwhelms you today. I don't know what you're walking in with. I don't know the battles that you're facing, but I do know that you were created to overcome them. But in order to do that, we need Jesus. We need Jesus. So I'm going to ask that the worship team um, starts to make their way back today. And, and we're going to go into a time of response. And there's a few different ways that I want you to think about responding today as we talk about this story and we hear God's word. How do you need to respond today? Do you need to simply choose Jesus? Do you need to just stop looking other places, stop looking at other luxuries, and just choose Jesus? Look his direction. It can be as simple as, as spending a few moments and just saying, Jesus, will you show me in your life, show me in my life the ways that I'm choosing other things above you? Do you need to slow down? Do you need to unhurry yourselves? Do you need to process the fact that the creator of the universe created you and he wants a relationship with you and he's knocking at your door and he's trying to get you to wake up just a little bit earlier so that he can have a conversation with you and he can speak to you? That right there is a miracle in itself that every day that we get to interact with the creator of the universe, a God who just desperately wants relationship with us. Do you need to listen you need to draw close enough to him so that you recognize his voice? Has it been a while since you've opened up the word of God? Do you need to just start to do that again? Do you need to turn down the noise in your life? Do you need to trust and give up control? Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. 
Do you have something heavy that you're carrying today? He wants to lighten that load. Are you tired? Are you weary? He wants to give you rest. You know, as I was thinking about this today, it says I'm packing up my apartment to move again. And then um, kind of a short little lady, which is why they didn't give me the podium today. I got this stand. <laughs> but sometimes when I'm carrying larger objects, things can be very heavy just because, like, I can't get my arms around it, right? But all of a sudden, if I just reposition myself, it gets a lot lighter because it wasn't so much the weight, but how I was carrying it. But you want to know what, what makes it even lighter? It's when someone else carries it for me. <laughs> Can I tell you today that some of the things that you're carrying today and the weight that it's taking, maybe the stress that it's causing on you might just because you were never meant to carry it on your own? And today, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to some of you in this room, and he's going to reveal areas in your life where he's saying, hey, I've been trying to get your attention, but I just want, hey, one drive a week, would you turn the radio off and just listen to me and sit in my presence? Right? He's going to speak to you today, and he's going to say, all those things on your schedule, do you have to do them all, or can we slow down a little bit? He, he's going to come in and speak to you and say, I know that you're struggling to carry this, but would you release it so that I can carry it for you? He wants us to position ourselves today to choose to sit at his feet. And at first when we read this passage, it might seem easy. But there's a lot that goes into that moment. And so what we're going to do for the next few moments is, is I want to pray for you. I want to pray that, that as you process this, that the Lord really would speak to you through these words, through the power of his Holy Spirit, so that today we walk out just a little bit more in love with him, in love with his presence, a little bit more looking like him, speaking like him, talking like him, because we know that our world needs hope and that we are that hope to the world. And, and so we're gonna spend some time and I'm just gonna invite you even right now to just close your eyes and we're gonna position ourselves to just hear from God. We're gonna position ourselves to just sit at his feet. And the band, the team is gonna play for a few moments, and there's going to be silence for a minute, and I want you to begin to just ask Jesus those questions, interact with him a little bit. Say, God, what do I need to hear from this? Do I need to choose you? Do I need to listen? Do I need to trust? Do I need to slow down? What is it? Will you speak to me, God? And then I want him to, you to just pause and let him do that today. And the team's going to play, and we're going to sing, and we're going to worship, and I believe that these moments are going to lead to God moving in and through us and creating legacy. So God, right now, I pray for every single person that can hear the sound of my voice. God, I pray that they would hear your voice above anything else and that we would walk away from this moment having encountered your presence in a way that maybe we never have before. That we would walk away knowing, God, that more than anything, you just want to be with us. You want relationship with us. So God, we silence our busy minds, our crazy thoughts, and we ask that you would come and you would speak. We love you, Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen.